Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast where we explore all things assisted reproductive technology. My name is Ellen Trackman, and I'm here with... Who am I here with? What? No, wait, people don't know yet? I'm Jennifer White. Right. That's where they were supposed to fill in the blank, right? So you didn't even have oh, the answer. Maybe there was going to be a mystery guest. We haven't done that yet, but but maybe one day. We could do a mystery host. You could get, right? get rid of me sometime. <laughs> no, it would be me. Uh, but it's always a mystery guest, I get, or not, because we That's post true. it. We say who the guest is. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> in the description. Yeah, the mystery goes away really, yeah. really fast, doesn't it there? Right. <laughs> maybe we'll stop putting in the description, mystery guest. Mystery like, guest, hooray. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we do have a good guest today. And before we dive into our interview, well, what uh, we, have to, we have to kind of talk about the elephant in the room, that this is the oh. last episode of our season. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Sad. I'll miss right, everyone for a few weeks. But a few weeks. I'll miss, I'll miss yeah, you guys. Like, yeah, we'll miss See you. you soon. But do you have any plans for the summer? Any fun plans? Oh, so many plans. Yeah. yeah. Lots of plans. All, okay. all well, plans. Do you have any plans that are relevant here? <laughs> uh, I mean, we have a lot of events. So we have, I think we're going to a lot of things. So I, I know I, uh, I had a volunteer call last night for the Colorado Walk of Hope. Oh, right. And that's exciting. So that is, I should have the date up. It's um, on June 29th. Thank you. June 29th. Yeah. And that's going to be exciting with um, a porcupine because why not? But we always have a guest porcupine show up. Guest porcupine, yeah. Lots of lots of people, lots of companies that are supporting and supporting others, and um, so that should be a fun event. We're also going to the the Unicorn Festival. I know. I'm so excited <laughs> about that. Uh, I don't know. What about you? What do you? Uh, so obviously, I will be there for the Walk of Hope as well. But I also support other things related to Resolve. So I'm excited. I'm going to go to. Uh, Resolve Advocacy Day, which uh, when this episode releases, it'll be next week uh, after that. I'm really right. excited to get to go to Congress to lobby to talk about infertility and how it affects people and things that they can do, what the laws can do to help make things better for people and more affordable, more accessible. Uh, I know, I'm sure Lindsay, who does awesome things for us, will put a link in there. There's a letter people can send that um, I can either deliver to Congress for you on your behalf or that others who are going to be there can do as well, depending on who your constituency is and things like that. So we'd love to have people do that. What other events, though? I think you have another one coming up, right, for a holiday weekend here? Yes. Another big, very important event is the Colorado Springs Fertility Conference which um, we have the organizer who is, I mean, aside from organizing the Colorado (laughs) Springs Fertility Conference, um, she is really passionate about the area in her own right, especially as a nutritionist. But yeah, so that's an exciting event that will be May 26th in Colorado Springs. And I'll be speaking there as well as a lot of other professionals and people worth listening to. But, But let's hear from September Burton. Welcome, September Burton. Thank you for joining us on the show. Uh, before we start, I'm going to give you the warning that Jen frequently takes the time to make fun of me and the number of children I have, which <laughs> is only four. <laughs> it's only four. Um, only four. Okay. So that I assume that means you're telling me there's about to be a bigger number. What? No, I don't know. I know nothing. So <laughs> yours are only four? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have kids? I've got Ellen beat by a lot. So if you're going to make fun of somebody for having kids, <laughs> I've got to beat. Okay. All right. <laughs> I have seven. 
Wow, that's incredible. You you have like a whole like you can do sports ball teams all by yourself. <laughs> yeah, we have a hockey team. Oh, we really it. do. And it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Literally? Oh, oh my no, that's I, hilarious. Yeah, we could still a baseball diamond. Oh, so it's that's great. It's fun. That is all awesome. I mean, I make fun, but I only have one, so I'm less like everything's oh, and what, to me, right? <laughs> it's true. One is uh yeah. Two is a huge number. Two is good. Two is good. <laughs> so what ages are your kids? Uh, my oldest is 13, and then we've got 11, 9, 6, 2 and a half, and then the twins are about to turn one. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. <laughs> That's mind-blowing. Yeah. Uh, um, how do you feel? Are you, like, extra time, lots of self-care? Um, yeah, definitely lots of self-care. I've, I've definitely had to learn how to take care of myself in order to be able to take care of all of them because they are draining. They really are. And Mm -hmm. so you really, you have to learn how to, how to rebalance yourself, how to fill yourself back up because they certainly don't fill you up in, well, at least not in that way. They're, you know, you're always taking care of them and doing things. So, um, yeah, it it can be exhausting. Definitely. (laughs) But I will say, though, that the older ones help because the older ones are helpful with the babies. Mm, and so yeah. um, they that's help key. a lot. That's, I've heard that helpful. about bigger families that, you know, at some point the bigger kids become actually extraordinarily helpful in that, you know, just through everything. Even like retrieving things like when you're like trying to pin down a toddler to like and you're like, oh, I left the diaper across <laughs> the room. And, you know, like, hey, you 10 year old, can you please bring me a diaper? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yep. We have that happen frequently. One of my twins is one of those squirmy, squirmy babies that you just can't pin down to change your diaper. And so I'm always like, give me wipes, give me a diaper, give me something. I was the master of the leg throw. Yeah. And that's great that they step up. (laughs) Yeah. So. And how, I mean, everyone, I'm sure every child is different and everyone's journey is different. How did it go for you? Was pregnancy, did it come easy? Did it go smoothly? You said it's a multifaceted question. So yeah, we'll start start with that. There's so much, I know, and with so many children. That's like, I'm sure each one is its own own episode, but um, was getting pregnant easy for you? Um, Getting pregnant with the first three was no problem at all. Um, After my first, after number three, I um, struggled. I had recurrent miscarriages. And so it was like, Mm. I could get pregnant, but I just couldn't seem to stay pregnant. And that happened about five times. And um and it was, oh, that's a lot. yeah, it was pretty rough. So, you know, I learned how to take care of myself. I changed my diet. I changed basically my entire lifestyle Oh wow! and uh, ended up, you know, getting pregnant and staying pregnant. And now Gracie is, she is the sweetest, smiliest, happiest little thing you'll ever meet. But this kid drives me insane. <laughs> <laughs> she, Shout out to Gracie. I don't, what, I don't know what it is, but her and I, there's just something there that is like, God, I love you. You're amazing, but I can't wait till you're an adult. So. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. And so, where did you were were you already kind of in nutrition and in that field, or did that grow later from kind of having to make lifestyle changes yourself? So the nutrition I was already in. Um, I started out actually as a personal chef, and uh, oh wow, the second. The second person that I worked for was extremely health conscious. And so my background has been food. Like 
I, all I've ever cared about in life is food. Uh, I, I like that goal. I mean, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> right? what, what kind of what kind of chef? What, did you like have a specialty before then, or did you have kind of like French cooking or Italian or things you focused on? I always wanted to open a bakery. That was my greatest um, strength was baking. I, I loved the art and science of baking, kind of combining the two. And health-wise, that's got to be one of the hardest ones. Oh. Yeah. Yep. After my um, two-and-a-half-year-old was born, I was staying home again for the first time in a while, and I tried to do some cake decorating to you know, continue bringing mm-hmm. in some money and not get too bored and things like that. Yeah. And it was a little rough because I was I would make the cakes and even though everything was organic and dye free and all that kind of stuff, I was always like, oh, I'm sending this out to kids who are going to be on a sugar high. And so it was a little rough. But mm. um, <laughs> um, so that was always my specialty was baking. I just I just loved it. I still bake a lot of bread. I do a lot of um, sourdough bread in order to uh, get rid of a lot of the gluten. So, because that's one of the advantages of eating sourdough bread. Oh, really? I've never heard that. So, eating yeah, it sourdough actually, bread helps so with lower gluten? gluten bread. Is that? Oh, interesting. If oh. if it's properly prepared, and that caveat is extremely important, because if you go, you mm. know, to the grocery store and buy sourdough bread, it's not properly prepared. But if you do it right, oh, okay. um, if you do it right, they've actually done studies. I believe it was in Switzerland where they did a study, and they showed that people with celiac disease could actually eat properly prepared sourdough bread. Wow. Interesting. But it has to be done right. So. So when you look, you know, when you were going through these miscarriages and decide to to make a major change in your life, kind of what were the big jumps of what you were doing to what you then changed to be doing? Um, I, you know, I quit eating fast food. I've never been a big soda drinker, but I completely quit drinking soda. Um, I probably haven't had a soda in 10 years. I haven't had McDonald's in probably seven or eight years. So I completely just cut those things out. And, um, you know, I'll eat Chipotle because Chipotle is a little bit higher quality. It's not perfect, but mm-hmm. but it's definitely better. Um, and just a lot more learning about superfoods, understanding the importance of cooking at home as opposed to eating in any restaurant. Yeah. So so that was what I did. You know, I, I cut out the vegetable oils and replaced, you know, canola oil and vegetable oils with olive oil and coconut oil and things like that. Ghee is a really, really good one. So, and then I also, one of the big things is learning the importance of eating fat. You know, um, I was raised in the eighties where my mom believed that fat was the biggest evil that ever, that has ever faced the earth. And, uh, so everything was fat free, non-fat, you know, and, but when you take out the fat, you replace it with sugar. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things that I really like to teach people is fat makes you, fat makes you skinny, sugar makes you fat. So the more fat you eat, that's ah. yeah. Um, and Funny. you know, and when you look at it from the perspective of fat is what hormones are made of. If you're trying to have a baby and trying to be healthy and trying to balance your hormones, you need to be eating fat so that your body can make more hormones. That makes sense. So tell us about your transition from being a chef to being a nutritional specialist and then focusing on fertility specifically. Um, that's probably about a, a 10 year process. Um, <laughs> so, I'm, you know, the short not, version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not one of those people that does like the overnight jumps, like, oh, this is what yeah. I need to do. It's like a very, very slow. I'm a little bit stubborn. And so it takes a while. <laughs> but, um, but I, I worked for somebody who was very health conscious. And so I kind of had to relearn how to cook and yeah. learn how to cook, you know, healthy food that still tasted good because we were cooking for very, very high level executives. So they cared that it was good food. 
And so that was probably step one. And then when I had my miscarriages, I went a lot of, I started doing a lot of smoothies, a lot of juicing, a lot more vegetables, just really, really increased my consumption of natural, healthy foods and Mm -hmm. got the GMOs out, things like that. And then when I actually got pregnant and stayed pregnant and gave birth to a very healthy baby, it was like a, a, that was kind of a light bulb moment where it was like, okay, this, this is what's real. This is what works. It really is yeah. a huge factor. So. Wow. And when, when you were going through all those miscarriages, were you seeing doctors? Were they telling you it was nutrition or were they telling, like looking for other causes? Um, I wasn't really seeing doctors. I went in, uh, I did go in a couple of times to see a midwife. Um, and she just, every time mm-hmm. just kind of looked at me with compassion and, you know, I'm sorry that this is happening. We don't really, there's not much we can do. She said, the one thing that she told me at one point was next time you get pregnant, come in right away and we'll give you a shot of progesterone and see if that helps the pregnancy stick. I never ended up doing that, but that was the only thing I ever heard. And then after the fifth one, did you, was it a gradual change to change your lifestyle or were you able to do that faster? I mean, I, it's hard to, to change our lives, right? I, yeah, it is hard. (laughs) It's definitely hard. Um, but I, it was a, it was a path for me. And one of the things that I tell people that I work with on nutrition is, you know, you can't expect to eat perfectly for a week and then next month you're going to be pregnant. It takes your body a while to rebalance, you know, hormones that are out of whack. It can take a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked with one couple and I, when I, walked into their house and looked at them for the first time. I said, it's going to take you guys about a year and a half. Oh. And, um, and it took exactly a year and a half oh, to wow. the day. They had actually decided that they were done and um, decided not to continue trying. And then they went on a vacation and they came back from the vacation pregnant. So um, uh, the classic story. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but they, but that year and a half, they had gone through this process of changing what they ate. Yes, how, exactly. The, the year and a half they had spent getting themselves healthier, getting their, their eggs, the egg quality improved, getting the sperm improved, things like that. It was all lining up. It just takes time. It's not an overnight process. Yeah. I think that's probably going to be a frustrating message. A year and a half, that's a lifetime, but I can see how. Well, it it can definitely happen faster. It's just that some people are more willing to follow the the actual procedures than others. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. More to the letter, I should say. So, and yeah. When someone suffering from infertility and kind of has an inkling that nutrition lifestyle might be a factor and they come to you, how does that process work? Are you, do you design a a kind of an individualized plan? Are you meeting with them regularly? Meeting with them regularly. We usually do every other week where we get together. I have an app where um, all of their diet information is just downloaded into the app so that when they go to the grocery store, they've got their grocery lists right there. They've got you know, their meal plans are all on their phone, things like that. And the app actually also connects their Fitbit or other fitness tracking devices so that they can keep track of that as well. Cause that's very important for fertility as well. Yeah. Um, you are very modern. I'm, I'm impressed that you have an app, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> if you knew the truth about this, no, I've, I've actually had it for a little while and it took me a while to figure out how to actually make it work and get it out there to people. Yeah. So it's, it's not that impressive when you know how much time it's been, but, uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's out there now. It works now. So, um, so yeah, we meet together every other week and really the meetings are about keeping them on track, educating them, keeping them focused. Um, you know, infertility is, it's so easy to go down and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And when you go down emotionally, it's hard to stick with your diet um, and the exercise and things like that. Yeah. So it's, 
meeting with them every other week is really just about keeping them on track, keeping them inspired, keeping them feeling uplifted, feeling, keeping them feeling like, you know, we can do this. We can, we can do this. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of your, what you do is a lot more, I mean, emotional too. You're, you're addressing a, a very holistic kind of phase of what needs to be taken care of through this process. Yeah. Well, when you're talking about infertility, I mean, the depth of the emotions, and that's one of the biggest reasons why I love focusing on this so much is because the depth of the emotions that these couples experience is, I mean, it's just, it's too much. It's, it's too Mm. deep. It's too hurtful. And so um, helping to bring them up out of that is a huge factor. Because like I said, when you're, when you're feeling down, I mean, we've all been through it, all three of us, when you're feeling down, you want to go for the cookies, you want to go for, you know, whatever it is that just sort of fills you up emotionally, but doesn't actually do anything for you. For sure. So that's, that's really the goal is keeping them away from that kind of a mentality. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you meet with everyone in person or do you also work with people who are not as close by Skype or some other method? Yeah, we can do Zoom. Um, I, I'm an in-person person. I like looking people in the eye and meeting face-to-face and things mm-hmm. like that. But, um, but I'm certainly not going to not work with somebody because they live in Texas or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. So um, we figure out ways and thank God for technology that allows us to do that, right? Right. It's amazing. <laughs> so for those who are just kind of getting, thinking more about nutrition in that fertility space, do you have any kind of easy, quick tricks that are good, good stepping, like first steps to think about? Um, the first one of the most important concepts that I teach is the concept of crowding out. So rather than, you know, saying, oh, I ate that cookie. Oh, I'm so bad. I shouldn't have eaten that cookie. It's go eat so much of something that's healthy, like a salad, you know, really fill yourself up. And then you're much less likely to go for the cookie because you're already filled up. So, you know, drinking more water, focus on drinking water, focus on Mm -hmm. eating more vegetables, focus on what you should be doing rather than beating yourself up for making a mistake. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, everybody reaches for the brownies at some point in time and it's okay. It's not a terrible thing to do. So, uh, so more focus on what you should be doing, focused on taking care of yourself in that way. You know, the more greens that you can get into your body, the healthier you're going to be. Chlorophyll is absolutely essential for your blood quality and things like that. And so you really want to focus on that, especially when you're trying to have a baby. Greens just don't taste as good as cookies is one issue. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of the most fascinating things about changing your diet though is the way that your taste buds change. Um, Mm. People think that, oh, I don't like that. Oh, it's not going to work for me. But after you get away from the sugar and the chemicals and things for a while, your taste buds change. And when you go back to it, you actually don't like it. It doesn't taste good to you anymore. So I can can vouch for that. So I I can't metabolize. I mean, a lot of people know this, but I can't metabolize sugar. And so it's, I don't eat sugar, you know, because obviously it causes me major distress. And it's funny (laughs) because every once in a while, somebody will be like, you should try this. It's probably worth taking one bite. And I'll be like, uh, you know, I'll do it. And I'll be like, yeah, it tastes fine, but it's not because I'm just not used to eating it anymore. You know, so I, I totally get that. Like, it just takes a long time to get away from that feeling, though. I mean, it all still smells really good to me, but I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And um, it does take time. It does. It definitely does. One of the biggest, one, a really powerful combination, a lot of people hear about superfoods. Mm-hmm. Superfoods are foods that are so powerful that they're almost medicinal. Oh. When it comes to fertility, a lot of people have heard of something called maca, M-A-C-A. But what I've learned about maca is that it's by itself, it can be effective for a lot of people. 
But if you combine it with something called camu camu berry, camu is a C-A-M-U. So camu camu berry, what it does is it gets into your cells and it cleans out cortisol that's built up in there. And cortisol and progesterone are very similar structurally. And so cortisol steals progesterone receptors. And we know that without progesterone, you can't stay pregnant because that's the, that's the sticky stuff that causes the baby to stick and start to grow. So if you clean out that cortisol inside your cells, and then you start doing the maca, which uh, increases your levels of progesterone, then when you combine those two things, that's an incredibly powerful fertility tool. And um, you know the nice thing about maca is that it increases your sex drive basically everybody <laughs> that takes maca. It's powerful stuff. Um, not good for surrogates who are specifically advised <laughs> right? to refrain. Not to, but, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's it's really, really powerful stuff. They actually it um, used to take it away from the soldiers before they would go into battle because if they were eating maca before they went into battle, they would rape the women. Uh, and so if they wanted them to not rape the women, they would actually take their maca out of their diets for a little while. So that's how powerful it is. So it's it raises your sex drive. It, incre- it improves testosterone. It improves progesterone, which are both incredibly important for being able to get pregnant and stay pregnant. Right. Which um, correlates to what the the midwife had said that, you know, next time you're pregnant right away, come and have a progesterone shot. So it sounds like another way to get that progesterone is to eat certain foods like maca. Yeah, exactly. Yep. In a more natural way. Right. And avoids the shot. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. So I've never heard, I mean, I've never heard of that. Uh, is it a supplement that you buy? Where do you, where do you find it? Um, you can get it in pill form. I wouldn't recommend that. I think uh, you get it as a powder and put it in your smoothies. That's the best way to do it. You do about a tablespoon or two a day in your smoothies and that's plenty. Any other great nutrition tips before we turn to another exciting project that you're working on? <laughs> um, really, it's it's about eating as clean as you can. Um, and clean, I define clean eating as you know meat that was raised with respect and dignity. So they should be pasture raised, all of that kind of stuff. You can tell the difference in the quality of an egg just by how dark the yolk is. Mm-hmm. So when you crack your eggs open, if it's a pale yellow, that's not a very high quality egg. You want a nice bright orange. Um, that means that there's a lot of beta carotene in there and that was going to be a healthy chicken. I have never heard that. This is, I'm learning so much. It's, yeah, like minutes. it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun little experiment to do. Grab the uh, eggs out of your fridge and see how, see how dark that yolk is. It should be very, very bright orange. Interesting. Wow. Jen, go grab a go grab an egg. <laughs> go, go get an egg go from your it. fridge. We want to see how bright <laughs> it is. My, my home office. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> go grab an egg. And if it's pale yellow, go to your neighbors yes. who have chickens and ask them if you can start getting eggs from right. them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the big thing in Colorado now is to have chickens in your backyard. Right. I don't know if that's everywhere, that, but it's Colorado. That does seem to be a thing. Yes. <laughs> so so that as far as the meats and you know dairy products and things like that go getting off of gluten is huge and i know everybody hates to hear that it's kind of a tired conversation but there's a lot to it and if you want to know more talk to me because i've got a lot of explanation it's not just gluten is a horrible thing there's a lot more to the story than that um but gluten in our society is pretty rough it's it's gotten pretty bad so interesting wow 
Well, do you want to talk about this other big fertility related project that you are captain of the ship on? <laughs> yeah. So um, what I'm doing down in Colorado Springs, um, we're doing a fertility conference and the conference is designed basically for couples who are struggling to get pregnant to come and to get educated, to meet some of the practitioners that are around. Our big push is combining the best of both worlds, the best of the Western medicine world with the best of the holistic world. So we're not focused on any one modality. Mm -hmm. We have a fertility doctor who's going to be there speaking. We have a urologist who's going to speak. We have Ellen, who is our fertility <laughs> attorney. And then we have holistic practitioners. We have a chiropractor. We have a hypnotherapist who's certified in fertility hypnotherapy. We have a nutritionist. We want everybody to understand all of their options and to be able to come and get educated and to feel motivated to try every single option. Because at the end of the day, the more of these modalities you put together into your treatment plan, the more you increase your chances of a successful and healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby. You know, you can go do IVF and you've got, you know, whatever the the success rate of your doctor is. But if you also add nutrition into that, you're automatically increasing your doctor's success rate. And then if you also add chiropractic care into that, you know, you're increasing it even more. And so every single modality that you add to your treatment plan, you're increasing your chances of a successful pregnancy. That's great. And I think that's helpful to hear even for people who aren't, you know, near Colorado Springs necessarily, that there are all these different options. And it's not necessarily choosing between them, it's that they can augment each other. Yeah, exactly. And that's really the goal. And so the conference is going to be um, May 26th. It's from 930 in the morning to three in the afternoon. And we are actually giving away a free cycle of IVF at wow. the conference. Uh, which that's I'm really I mean, because a cycle generally is $15,000. Is that yeah. approximate? That's yeah. right. I mean, they are very pricey. So it's huge. They are very pricey. So we're giving away a free cycle. Um, and every practitioner pretty much who's speaking or sponsoring the conference in any way is giving away something. So we've we've put together the ultimate fertility package. So that includes the free cycle of IVF, plus it includes acupuncture treatments, chiropractic care. Uh, we have one woman who does bioscanning. And um, so she's going to do that. We've got the urologist is giving away free male oh. fertility workups. Um, mm -hmm. So one, this one, one couple is going to walk away from this conference with a huge package of stuff that's going to help them have their baby. So we're really excited about it. And a lot of these practitioners have agreed to give away, you know, two or three of the same thing. So there's, there's going to be a lot of happy couples yeah. leaving this conference. That's great. That's very exciting. When we put the um, episode online, we'll make sure that we throw in there the the link for the website for the conference, as well as to to your services as well, so people can can be able to follow up if they want and know that there's a lot of exciting options and resources out there. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. Thanks to September Burton for joining us. Uh, that is such helpful information and something we haven't touched on yet, which is a really big piece of all of this nutrition, which is, you know, aside from fertility is just key to all of our lives and our health. I, I thought even uh, not fertility related because yeah. you know, I'm done, ha I'm done having babies. <laughs> but but informative, I, helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even like stuff like reducing cortisol, using your diet to do that. Like that is really yeah. cool stuff to, to know about. Right. So thank you. So we hope we'll see those of you who are local. We hope you can make some of um, the events that are coming up and especially the Colorado Springs. Well, conference. and even things like if somebody's in the DC area, you know, reach out, let me know. I'd 
be happy to meet up or, you know, anybody who's interested in coming to advocacy day, uh, any of those things, please, you know, get out there, talk to people, make your voice heard all the way around. Well, and we, if you want to ever meet us in person, <laughs> if anyone wants that, we do travel a lot. I thought it was funny, not this guest, but we had another one who was like, I'm going to be in um, New Hampshire and then DC. And you were like, I was going like to be those places them. too. <laughs> I was, it was like within a day off of them or something like that. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> I will also be in those places the same time. Right. Exactly. No, we, we do love to meet people. We're happy to go out for coffee and, you know, just, just talk about all things related to sister reproductive technology. But we are taking a couple of weeks off of recording. So we will be back. Um, in the meantime, though, Always, always, always go to iTunes, look for us. You can listen to our back catalog of episodes. And please do feel free to reach out uh, via email uh, or via phone. Leave us a message at 303-997-1903. I will say I did not put on the air the call I got to the hotline this week that was confirming a reservation for a random person. So you (laughs) were the wrong number, just so you know. Yeah, so uh, I hope everybody has a wonderful summer and that all of your reservations are actually okay. (laughs) Thanks. 